today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at Roth consulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Chris Cole, the CEO of Intelligrated. Thanks for joining us, Chris. My pleasure, Mike. Before we get started, let me tell our listeners, Chris, about some of the things that are coming up here at Sandler. We have a full training calendar, and next week, we have the author of a, a great new book called Lead with Humility. That's Jeff Krames. He's actually a child of Holocaust survivors. And Leading with Humility is a book that he's written about the 12 leadership principles that Pope Francis is using. A great new book released this week. The following week, we're going to have, on the 3rd of October, Richard Lajeunesse. He's the current president of the Downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club. And the following week on October 10th, we're going to have Bill Rumpke from uh, Rumpke Waste and Recycling. Now, Chris has agreed to take callers from our audience today. As always, the call-in number today is 646-595-4916. And we'll be able to screen callers during the commercial breaks other upcoming Sandler events, Cold Call Camp. That's an all-day program for people who are making outbound telesales calls on the 19th of November. Two important rotary programs next week. On September 18th will be the Rotary Picnic and Car Show. That runs from 4.30 to 8 p.m. Lots of prizes, games, a phenomenal car show, Chris, which will feature a Back, what are the four Back to the Future replica cars? A DeLorean. How many, how many Northern Ireland cars can you ever find? Not too many. <laughs> uh, but this one is a fully modified with flux capacitor <laughs> DeLorean. And we are also going to have a BMW i3, mm-hmm. the uh, $135,000 supercar. Supercar hybrid, yes. Gasoline and electric. Gasoline on the front engine, on the rear engine, hybrid on the front engine. Looks looks like it is back, right out of back to the future. I think we're going to put those uh, right next to one another. Uh, if you're interested in uh, getting a ticket to the Rotary Picnic, the number is 513-421-1080. Hopefully, a few of our listeners will get out there. Another Rotary program that, that can't be missed is uh, on September 25th. I believe that's in the Hall of Mirrors. Marvin Lewis who's uh, mostly associated with the the Bengals (laughs) head coach. He's going to be speaking to the Rotary Club on September 25th. Again, if you wanted to obtain an invitation for the Rotary Club, it's uh, 421-1080 in the 513 area code. Let's see. uh, One of the Sandler programs I'm sponsoring, uh, October 22nd, eight Sandler rules that have stood the test of time. David Sandler created a perfect psychologically based selling system with 350 rules 
but on the 8th of October down at the Cincinnati Fire Museum. I'm going to take people through the eight most important rules that have stood the test of time. If you're interested in attending that program, the number is speak to Brittany Robinson at 513-753-9400 extension 102. Chris, in your company, how many leaders do you have? Not enough is Not, uh, always the answer, but uh, hopefully we're growing a whole lot more and we spend a lot of time uh, worrying and growing our people to groom for a bigger business tomorrow. I've heard that a lot. That a lot of companies aren't getting enough good leaders. And that's a continuing theme through the show and through the, the 200 shows or so that we've done. On Wednesday, October 15th, from 2, 2 to 5 p.m. here in Cincinnati at the Holiday Inn Crown Plaza, I'm going to be doing a, a short three-hour program on transforming leaders, the Sandler way. This is one of the newest Sandler books that's come out. Everyone will leave with a, uh, a Sandler deck of, leadership deck of cards and the book, and well, as well as I can promise that they will become an expert, absolute dead expert, on at least one of the 52 leadership techniques. They will probably become superior on four or five others, and they will be exposed to the rest. This is going to be a, a great program, first time we've run it here in Cincinnati. Now, let me tell everyone about you, Chris. Chris was one of the two founders of Intelligrated in 2001 and has over 35 years of experience in high technology, capital equipment, and in the services industry. 30 of those years, he's been at the executive level. Prior to founding Intelligrated, Chris served as chief operating officer of Pinnacle Automation and held various executive positions at Millicron. Chris is an active volunteer in Cincinnati. He has served extensively with the American Red Cross, as well as the local chapter of the American Red Cross. Chris has also served on many campaign committees for the United Way, as well as Cincinnati Arts Festival. Chris received his undergraduate degree from Wesleyan University and an MBA from Harvard University, where he was named a Roger Siever Fellow in 1979. Just answer, answer the question, uh, who is Roger Cyber? I don't know. Maybe our listeners do. No, Roger Cyber was a uh, Harvard uh, student who uh, was killed in a tragic accident, and his classmates and family uh, endowed a, a program there under his name. That's, you know, it's kind of like not why his name is well known, but it is a, a scholarship that you win chosen by the faculty for uh, your contribution. In That's great. Year. Great contribution. Mm-hmm. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your company and yourself? Well, my company is Intelligrated Incorporated. As Mike mentioned, we were founded in uh, September of 2001. We were founded one week before 9-11, just 13 years ago. Jim McCarthy, who is my partner in the business, and I decided there was a need for a material handling company that really listened to customers and put together highly automated solutions for people who are, were originally for the retail and internet retailers. Mm-hmm. And now we've expanded that to um, consumer goods manufacturing as well as the parcel industry. I've been working in automation. The way I mention it is pretty much my whole professional life. It's been putting the power of the microprocessor on the shop floor. 
coming out of school, I joined a company called Cincinnati Millicron. Uh, we did a lot of that for both metalworking systems and robotics, first automating spot welding and um, adhesive dispensing and material handling. And originally, we were just doing replacement of what people did. Mm-hmm. As the power of the microprocessors become a lot more powerful, today we can do things that you could never imagine doing with individual people. When you look at what's happened to the Internet, not only is it so powerful on the computer side, but just think about all of the things that you can order over the Internet that can shipped, be shipped from a warehouse as inexpensively uh, as it would be cheaper even than you driving to a store to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with thousands and thousands of people. A distribution center can easily ship a, a high-speed one, a quarter of a million or even a half million units a day. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that with automation. Wow, that's a lot, that's a lot of packages to ship out. Yeah, and uh, come Christmas time, we're now in the fourth quarter. We're, we're beginning to get into the fourth quarter where the uh, parcel and package volume will go up. And I predict that this year will be another record year around the world for uh, Internet shipments. And um, you really have to take the error rates out of it. You know, you, you, you think about even a 1% error rate. That would be pretty big on a million packages. On a million boxes. That's an awful lot of unhappy customers. So um, we streamline processes, uh, and at Intelligrated, what we're all about is providing the total solution with what one of my customers aptly called one throat to choke. So we provide the software, the equipment. We design it, concept it, manufacture it, install it, deliver it. We don't run the systems, although we will maintain them for customers. Okay, so you put in the whole the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak? Yeah, we normally don't build the buildings. On okay. rare, rare, rare occasions, we build the buildings, but we provide all of the automation inside the building. So the racking that the product sits on? We can, again, provide the rack or the pick modules, all of the conveyor sortation equipment, the pick-to-light solutions, the voice-directed picking solutions, the warehouse control systems, the yard management systems, order fulfillment, shipping, Yeah. Uh, here at Sandler, we have kind of a rule that the, no buzzwords. Well, I okay, just gave so, you a few. A, a few, so I'm going to ask you about them as we go today. Sure. What's pick to light mean? Okay, pick to light. You, you asked me another question beforehand of solving a problem for a customer. Say you're in a, a, a retailer sure. who has to ship. It used to be you always shipped a case or even a pallet load to a store. Right. But now your customers are sending you orders over the Internet or phoning them in. And you've got to open up those cases and send them one or two or five. Right. I want five cans of cat food. Right. Uh, or, or think about it, all the little mini marts that have popped up mm-hmm. uh, so that every gas station or a convenience store, and when you go in, they have two cans of, uh, of tomato soup. And when you buy one can and it hits the skin or the next day, one can comes back. Oh. Um, you got to figure out how to do that and not have it cost you $10 to deliver one can of tomato soup. Mm-hmm. All right, well, if you could train your employees when you have thousands of SKUs, they get to know what they can pick, but you have these cycles in your back-to-school, Christmas, Easter. So now you're hiring temporary employees who don't have time to learn 10,000 SKUs. Mm-hmm. So what we have on Pick the Light, everything's barcoded. The order comes down electronically, and a light lights up and says, pick one of these or pick five of these. 
and uh, you can actually have four pickers in the same area. Mm-hmm. One's picking the red lights, one's picking the blue lights, one's picking the green lights. Oh, so these are human beings, these pickers. These are human beings, but you can train a picker to be 100% accurate if he can count to 10 or perhaps to 20 and recognize four colors. Okay. I didn't think about that. It's, it's all about employee turnover, keeping people productive, and yet having them on a fair measurement system. And uh, pick the light as a way of really improving the accuracy of split case picking. Good, good. Uh, again, Chris has agreed to answer questions from callers. Uh, our call-in number is going to be 646-595-4916. Chris, I'll ask you uh, one more question, uh, and then we'll take a, a short commercial break. Uh, so it sounds like your, your undergraduate and graduate education was on the East Coast, Boston area. Uh, how did you get to Cincinnati? Well, I got to Cincinnati because uh, I thought when I was in college in the 70s that Wall Street just could not support hiring young MBAs for the financial world and paying them ridiculous money, and that I really needed to go to work for a company that made something tangible. Mm-hmm. And um, I searched around, and I found and identified this company then called Cincinnati Millicron, now called Millicron Incorporated, that actually not only made tangible things, they made productivity tools for others. Mm-hmm. And although they were not recruiting in those days at the uh, Harvard Business School, I wrote them a letter mm-hmm. uh, back when we didn't have email. And I wrote a letter to the chief financial officer and told him I was interested in getting into manufacturing, but I didn't have an engineering degree. And he hired me, um, I think, mostly because he wanted to find a, uh, someone he could talk to in manufacturing. And I worked. I came to Millicron, worked in finance for a little under a year, and then transferred into manufacturing and really grew up with the company. Uh, but Millicron brought me to Cincinnati, and Millicron today is a great uh, manufacturer of productivity tools. And uh, I learned what I learned about uh, uh, consumer goods and capital goods uh, 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 from my work at Millicron. Good. Uh, before we go to commercial, I'm going to remind everyone again about the uh, uh, September 25th uh, Rotary meeting with Marvin Lewis. Uh, that is a, uh, a special guest day, and uh, the first uh, 10 guests that register as prospective members of Rotary, uh, they will have a special reduced ten dollar uh lunch fee for that day uh again you can call uh christy at the rotary office 513-421-1080 and uh now i'm going to ask uh jimmy jimmy fox to come on and talk us talk to us about tip club which is a networking group here in cincinnati which i sponsor and uh the next meeting is next thursday the 18th september from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, take it away. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. 
Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business to business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is a back with Chris Gold, CEO of Intelligrated. Uh, Chris, uh, can you tell our listeners what the unique marketing advantage is that Intelligrated brings to the marketplace of, uh, I'm going to call it warehouse automation? It's warehouse and material handling, great. Um, you know, Intelligrated has only been alive for 13 years, mm-hmm. but we've grown very, very rapidly in that time. Um, you know, 13 years ago, it was 15 guys that had worked together that thought they had an idea of how to do some things better. Now we're at over 2,600 people. and wow, 2,600 um, employees. 2,600 employees. And so how many here in the uh, Cincinnati area? Um, almost, ha- uh, well, about 1,000 of those are in uh, uh, southwest Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a fair number down in Kentucky, and we have a plant up near Columbus. So over half of our employees are kind of in the regional area. And then the rest of them are really um, across the United States, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, and we just opened up an office earlier this year in Shanghai. Um, so we're growing. What makes us unique? Uh, I really think uh, that the biggest thing that makes us unique is is we listen to cu- our customers. We sell them productivity tools, a complete solution of productivity tools that help them grow their business more rapidly. In addition, we make a promise. And I must admit, we don't always live up to that promise, but it is something we work hard at every day, that if you have a problem with your integrated system, you can call an 800 number, 24-7-365, and get to an engineer who can help you with your problem in less than two minutes. Less um, than two minutes. Less than two minutes. Now, we average about 13 seconds, uh, but there is an occasion where we don't hit the two-minute mark. Mm. And we worry about that. Of course, Microsoft um, wouldn't be at two minutes. <laughs> they're not in the same business we are. But um, um, I really have got to come up with a more unique marketing thing. Uh, the dogs like the food. The mm. customers do like what we do. We have been giving them a lot of productivity. Mm-hmm. And uh, now well over half of our sales come from existing customers buying again. And then every year, you know, our, our trick is in uniqueness, we try to find the fastest growing customers who need our products, mm-hmm. do good work for them, get them the lion's share, if not all of their work, and then add a few new customers on every year. And with that trick, we've been growing a lot faster than the economy and certainly a lot faster than our marketplace. Uh, do you have any competitors that do the full line of warehouse and material handling like, like in, in the United States, mm-hmm. um, we have one competitor that, that 
does a lot of what we do. I think we have a lot stronger software and a much broader offering in software than they do. They have some pieces that we don't do, so it's not a direct one-for-one comparison. Mm Uh, but Intelligrated um, uh, really has a very strong position. When we got into the marketplace, our two big competitors were Siemens, a giant international German firm, mm-hmm. and FKI, which was then a British uh, international giant. FKI has since uh, folded their tent. They've become part of another company. Okay. Um, but we, we decided we'd pick on, uh, as a little Cincinnati startup, we would pick on two multi-billion dollar global competitors to... to uh, fight with, and so far we're doing pretty well. That's, that sounds great. Sounds great. So, are you offering services in Shanghai, or just have a? We uh, offer services in Shanghai. We actually have several um, installations um, in China now. Um, we actually are supporting uh, Chinese language Mandarin. We're not. We're, we don't do Cantonese, but we will do Mandarin support telephonically. We have people in California who speak Mandarin, who um, handle those service calls. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have engineers and salespeople in Shanghai, and we are now quoting directly uh, systems for delivery into China. Uh, Many people don't realize it, but some of the largest dot-coms in the world are um, Chinese. And actually, the largest uh, dot-com in the world is bigger than both eBay and uh, Amazon put together and uh, is a Chinese company, which... Mm. um, uh, we're talking to. Okay. <clears throat> I think I heard that someplace before. Uh, uh, are there any other countries other than United States and China that you are currently operating in? Well, first off, I never want to forget Canada. Most Americans just think of Canada. North America, America, I should have said. Uh, yes. But outside of North America, Canada and Mexico, we have a direct office in um, Sao Paulo, Brazil, hmm. uh, and we have done systems already that have been installed and running in Brazil, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, Ecuador, and Peru. Okay, that's great. Uh, what's the most unusual system, uh, implementation that you've run into? The most unusual, I'm not sure I can think of, um, you know, we've handled um, um, ceramic pottery, which I guess is a nice word for toilets. Oh, really? Uh, for, uh, it's not really that unusual. Everybody needs them. Uh, we've certainly handled all different kinds of pharmaceuticals and some pretty weird products that way, nuclear medicine, um, where the box of medicine that's being handled is worth $200,000. And they really don't want you to drop it. But they also don't want a lot of people holding it either. <laughs> so it's uh, like a, a lead line box? Yeah. Yeah. They, these are um, highly specialized uh, nuclear medicines. And um, the good news is they have a lot of money to spend on very, very high end material handling. Um, so uh, those are all handled robotically as opposed they, to by humans? They, they, well, there are humans in the process, but they try very hard to, uh, you know, first, first off, there's, absolutely want to know where every molecule went. So there's complete full traceability as there is on almost every pharmaceutical product. Uh, Really in America now more and more around the world, even in China. Mm -hmm. uh, That's one of the big things we see is they've had a lot of problems with fraudulent medicine. So now they want to be able to track every bottle, just like the FDA requires in America. And that requires a lot more sophisticated handling systems, which we can provide. do you go to market the same way in every country? Uh, no, we don't. In the United States, the vast majority of our sales come through our direct sales force. Uh, we have two different direct sales forces, one that handles big key accounts 
which is basically five million and up sized jobs. And then we have a whole bunch of regional people who handle smaller jobs, but they may provide a very, very sophisticated solution, but it's normally um, um, a smaller project and that's handled by a direct sales force. I do have some integrators in the United States, particularly people that handle an industry where we may not have uh, in-depth knowledge. As an example, we have an integrator who works in the meat industry, um, and I have discovered that people who kill cows for a living are um, a little bit different than the uh, Mm -hmm. rest of the world, and maybe having a specialized sales channel there is not such a bad thing. In other countries, we are direct in uh, North America, uh, we are now direct in uh, Brazil, mm-hmm. but in most other areas, we're working with a local um, integrator or representative uh, along with some of our own people. So like a, a distributor arrangement. Yes, and normally um, uh, distributors who also are selling other products into the, that marketplace. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, Chris has agreed to uh, take questions from the audience. If you want to call in, the number is 646 646- Five nine five four nine one six. Chris, uh, can you talk about uh, the key components for growth, uh, such as people, process, and strategy? Like, which is the most important for you? And well, without a doubt, I mean, it's people by far. Um, the 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 biggest thing that has allowed us to grow is uh, particularly in the early years of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jim McCarthy, my partner, and I had been in the industry at another company. And we were known um, on some of the best years those companies ever had when we were there. And as we grew in a very bad market, the the 9-11 happened, the recession happened, and uh, a lot of our competitors were downsizing when we were growing. And we suddenly became a very attractive place to go in the industry because everybody else was shrinking and we were growing. So you got some great talent. We got some great talent. And Mm. that built on itself. Uh, now I think we are, uh, we were just recently named one of the best employers in Cincinnati, one of the best places to work. Uh, we try very, very hard to have all Intelligrated associates at all levels uh, feel like they are part of the company because they represent our product, whether they touch it in, a, in assembling, in a building, it, or whether they're out talking to customers, they represent the company. So our growth rate is really dependent upon our being able to get the very best engineers, the very best computer programmers. Uh, now, having said that, processes and strategy are also important. Uh, processes have become much, much, much more important as we've grown. When we were 50 guys or less, everybody knew everybody else and you could talk to people. Mm-hmm. Now we're constantly bringing new people in. We're, we're literally hiring hundreds of professionals every year. And you want them, the people that come in, to be trained quickly and them to be able to deliver the same level of service that someone who's been there from the first day. Mm -hmm. The only way you have that is if you have really good processes that give that same repeatable result. And the trick, maybe the biggest trick of strategy, is how you balance thorough processes without becoming too bureaucratic. And uh, that's really what we strive for. Now, from a strategy standpoint, um, we've put together a a long-term strategic plan. We put one together about three years ago. Um, We've tuned it up uh, a couple of times since then. 
Um, but basically, we know what markets we want to go after. Um, we're constantly looking at our product offerings, both in terms of software products and hardware products that we need to add. But basically, we're really just executing that plan that we put forth. The original plan grew the company from zero to 500 million. Today's plan is to grow it from 500 million to well over a billion dollars. Well, that's great. We're going to listen to a, a couple of uh, Sandler commercials and we'll be right back with Chris Cole. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Chris Cole from Intelligrated. Uh, Chris, uh, before the break, uh, you were telling us about uh, adding new jobs this year, and you added some more during the break. Why don't you tell our listeners about what you're planning on? Just last week, we announced uh, with the Commonwealth of Kentucky, um, they gave us uh, some, some grants, and we're now going to add 50 more jobs to our Danville, Kentucky uh, facility. Um, we're seeing a lot of activity happening in the parcel industry, uh, which is a really big industry in Kentucky, those mm -hmm. of you who have heard of Big Brown. Um, and um, we think um, we have a plant down there. We have three uh, manufacturing plants that can make our standard product line, one in Westchester in Cincinnati, one in uh, London outside of Columbus, and one in Danville, Kentucky. They're all tooled uh, to, with state-of-the-art metalworking equipment, lasers, CNC lasers, and assembly equipment, and um, we are ramping them up for more production. In addition, uh, we're always hiring engineers, particularly software engineers, but also mechanical and electrical engineers. We run a very large co-oping program uh, we, we have been co-op employer of the year with the University of Cincinnati, but we also co-op with other schools, and um, we um, have great career paths for our engineers. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the new people are going to be engineers? I would say well over half of the people that we hire in every year are engineers, although we certainly hire in other uh, specialties. fair number of people in manufacturing, a lot of um, assembly and manufacturing. And then, of course, we have about everybody else. We even hire lawyers, accountants, um, uh, HR people. So, you know, when you're hiring uh, literally 300 professionals a year, you have to have pretty good HR people uh, just, to, just to work that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said some of your customers are in the logistics business, like Big Brown. Uh, who else would be a, a prospect for you? Or well, our, our biggest customers are the largest retailers and largest Internet companies in the world. Um, you know, we do a lot of business with um, a very large retailer in uh, Arkansas uh, globally. We also do a lot of business with a red-logoed uh, retailer out of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's others that let us use their names, like Home Depot, Staples. Dollar Can I Tree. ask you uh, sure. the name of a, a retailer? Procter and Gamble. <laughs> okay, a, a, a retailer based out of uh, Indiana that, that, that ships tires to, to a lot of people. We have done business for that uh, particular company. Um, actually, tire sortation is, is interesting in its own right. It's a little bit different than uh, well, than handling packages. But well, yes, well, they're big, heavy, bulky. <laughs> And, and you can get them around. overnight. You can get them overnight. But we've not only done the work for Tire Rack, uh, but we've done work for some of their competitors. We've even done work for Michelin. Really? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, does Michelin ship tires to individual consumers? No, we're doing business for their factories in the South Carolina that okay. are shipping. So the factory has got a big warehouse of yeah. tires, yeah. and they, they pick them out which which one of the retailers they're going to send out the tires. Right. And you have equipment that handle the Yes, and in process, actually in process, too, where we've done some work there in the manufacturing. In in the production line. Yeah, most of our work, about two-thirds of our work is after a product is complete, uh, after it's packaged or bottled. Uh, If you drink bottled water Mm -hmm. or any other bottled beverage, soft drink or beer, uh, there's a very high probability it it went on one of our conveyors at some point. Because they're Um, big, heavy, and bulky. um, Well, let me put it to you this way. Uh, if you think of a modern brewery, like mm-hmm. one in Trenton, Ohio, that happens to make Miller, uh, but St. Louis, where they make Budweiser, any big, large brewery, they will have uh, four to five lines um, shipping 250 cases a minute per line. So that's between 1,000 and 1,500 cases of beer a, um, a minute. And um, uh, you better have equipment that can handle that quickly. Uh, similarly, a bottler who's made bottling uh, water or soft drinks will also have very high, high, high throughput stuff. And we specialize in high-speed palletizing and uh, case conveying systems to handle bottles and cans. So after the, uh, the materials are put on pallets, mm-hmm. uh, do you guys also handle controlling which pallets go on which trucks? Uh, we do automatic truck loading, not so much with pallets as much as case loading uh, onto trucks. Uh, we do a lot of work with wine and spirits. Um, it's an interesting delivery route uh, uh, system where they deliver uh, from big wine and spirit wholesalers or delivering to restaurants and bars and uh, places that use a lot of that stuff. Uh, very high-end stuff, so you, it's very expensive. They generally want it very handled very carefully. A lot of photography mm-hmm. going in to scan every image going so you make sure that that case of champagne was really champagne and not... Uh, um, you know, uh, southern Indiana wine. 
um, or that you at least know the difference. So. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a software uh, inhibitor in your system to prevent double shipments for uh, retail customers? There's all kinds of uh, different things to make sure that we only ship one of an item to a customer, uh, that we ship the right thing down the right lane. Um, there are lots of, uh, of checks and check numbers um, to, to make sure you're counting the right number of boxes going out. I'm not saying that mistakes don't happen, but I will tell you they are very infrequent um, because there's so much riding on uh, not making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything's barcoded. Uh, you do see some RFID chips and very high-end product, but most of it's uh, that uh, little scanned label you see on every can and case. Mm-hmm. Uh, are your systems going to uh, RFID? You know, RFID was a real, real big thing right when we got the company started. Mm-hmm. Everybody P&G was pushing was it. P&G was behind it. Coca-Cola was behind it. Uh, every can was going to have an individual uh, part number on it from Coca-Cola. It's largely faded, mostly because, uh, in my opinion, the accuracy never improved or hasn't improved enough. And the barcode accuracy is higher than the RFID accurate accuracy, mostly because of the different densities of product. If you P&G put a case out there that had Tide detergent and powder detergent and liquid, and then it also had bar soap, they all have different densities. And the different densities gave different readings, uh, accuracies, particularly when you realize that that pallet or case is moving it up to a thousand feet a minute. So it's you're, you're not you're not taking a static reading. You you got to pick a moving object and read it, and uh, the accuracy just is not there with RFID for most applications. Interesting, interesting. So you think barcoding is going to be around for a long time? I believe that um, uh, RFID will get here eventually when the accuracy improves. But right now, barcoding is um, the right solution for most most applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the uh, business opportunities are for uh, you as a Cincinnati-based business? Uh, well, first off, we've been very happy in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not a native Cincinnati, and I moved here, as I mentioned earlier. Jim McCarthy, my partner, grew up in Michigan, spent most of his life up there. But both of us have been working here for a competitor. Uh, and when we looked around, we looked at buying a company to mm-hmm. start to grow, uh, and we really decided that starting a business in Cincinnati made the most sense. And I would tell you why I like Cincinnati as a location for a technical company is, one, we're within 500 miles of most of our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge amount of retail decision-making is made in a, a big circle around Cincinnati. And even the jobs that go to the West Coast, um, they're largely bought in the East, in the Midwest, in the East, and mm-hmm. shipped out there. Secondly, it was a great place for our employees to live. And one of the advantages Cincinnati has is we can hire engineers, some of whom want to live rurally, some of whom want to live urbanly, and many of whom want to live suburbanly. And all of those uh, opportunities are available at at very competitive price ranges. Uh, So there's very good schools, there's very good universities, and there's great places for our employees to live. And that's really made it easy to grow in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came here uh, tw- almost 23 years ago, and uh, I agreed with my wife I'd stay for two years if I didn't like it. And then we had to move if I didn't like it. Here we are 23 years later. I'm still here. I guess it, it really is a uh, the best of, of, of all worlds, a city, 
and suburban and country. I mean, well, as someone who's been in business here for 35 years in industrial automation, I can tell you Cincinnati's a hard place to get people to move to and a much harder place to get them to move away from. Mm -hmm. I had that conversation yesterday with a a sales engineer. (laughs) He would not leave the Cincinnati marketplace. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We'll take one more question before we go to the the last commercial break. Uh, Jim, you mentioned your uh, long-term strategic planning process that that you have that that you revisited several times. How often do you actually revisit that long-term strategic plan? Well, uh, what I would tell you is we did a plan, and then um, we got some new capital partners about a year after that plan, and when they came in, we we tweaked it a little bit, basically because they had uh, given us some access to some uh, both financial resources and uh, perhaps even more importantly, uh, introductions to people in other parts of the world. So that spurred on our international growth a little faster than it otherwise would have. Uh, and then after a couple of years, really earlier this year, we decided it's time to take a look at it and what do we need to accelerate and what can we slow down on. And we're, we did the strategy session. Now we're in the middle of building the implementation plans uh, for that. Um, basically, we want to be the best company that we can be. And... Um, if you aren't, you know, you don't build a strategy and put it on the shelf. You build a strategy and then you work every month to get closer to it. Now, I'm a big believer that uh, things do vary up and down. Uh, not, it's not a straight line to pro- prosperity, but you have to believe you're chipping away at your overall long-term goals, or you need to to reset them and be realistic. Good. We're going to listen to San Rule number 41, and we'll be right back. I'm Jody Williamson with Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk about rule number 41. There are no bad prospects, only bad salespeople. You know, whatever's happening in your accounts is your responsibility. And, and one of the things that we see is salespeople, well, they tend to externalize their problems. And they tend to blame the economy or the marketplace, the competition, uh, the marketing. You know, there's always something they're blaming. And when they get into a prospect, they can tend to blame the prospect for why they didn't buy. You know, they'll say things like, they just don't get it, or they don't buy value, they only buy on price. You know, if, if you hear that, you know, we don't buy, we don't buy on value, we, we only buy on price. Who's, whose fault is that really? It's a salesperson. That's why the salesperson has a job, is to sell value. And one of the reasons this happens is, I think we live in a victim culture. People tend to, for whatever reason, blame things. They slip on a sidewalk and they sue the homeowner, as opposed to saying it's their fault. And so it's not unusual for people to make these excuses, but, but, we, but we have to fight it in sales. Because until we take responsibility, we're never going to be truly successful. So the next time you get a no, don't say, you know, the prospect didn't get it, or I, we had a personality conflict, or they, they only buy on price. Ask yourself the question, what could I have done differently? And, and here's, a, here's a challenge I'll give you. For 30 days, write down all your self-talk, all those things you tell yourself, because we all talk to ourselves, right? And write down all the, all the excuses you're making for lack of results. And I would challenge you to strive to live with a no-excuse mindset.
This is Mike Broth with uh, Chris Cole from Intelligrated. Uh, Chris, uh, how many years have you actually been a leader of companies? Well, I was very, very fortunate when I uh, worked at Cincinnati Millicron when I was um, uh, actually 28 years old. I was named to my first general manager's position. Um, amazingly young at an old state company um, and I uh, was in the right place at the right time and I took over the robot business um, back in, um, gosh, uh, 1983. So you had a lot, a lot of years of leadership experience. Um, well, yeah, just be careful not to step in the leadership. Okay. Uh, perhaps you could give our listeners, uh, other leaders, one leadership or, or maybe at the maximum two leadership tips, things that you've learned. Things that I've learned along the way, mm-hmm. um, the one I still work hard to practice at and I'm not as good at as I wish I was, is um, listen. Really, really, really seek first to understand before you try to be understood. And um, uh, the, the critical listening skill is, is very, very important um, to try to understand what your employees and what your customers really, really think. Um, that would be the single most important management tip I can give you. Someone will say that's a Stephen Covey. <laughs> it is. It is a Stephen Covey. It's out of the Seven Habits. It's not. Um, I could recite all seven. It's the one that I have to work hardest at. It's also the one that I personally think pays off the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and I and I learned it at Stephen Covey a um, hundred years ago when I, when he was still a young man. Um, uh, the second thing that I think I've learned along the way is just tenacity. Um, uh, you have to hang in there, and if you believe in something, um, you keep fighting to till your vision uh, can be accomplished. Uh, surround yourself with smarter people than you are to help you do it, uh, who believe in your vision. Constantly work hard to hire the very, very best people you can find, and then support them and let them turn them loose to do what they do. Uh, and you, you really can be a phenomenal success. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a leader yourself, how do you approach tough decisions? Well, it all depends on what the decision is. Um, you know, if it's a money decision, um, it depends upon what point in your life you are and where you are. Um, uh, when we started this company, we didn't have any money, uh, and we were very tight, and we made some pretty harsh decisions about things because there was no alternative. Uh, I wish I could say we were as tight with the dollar today as we were then. We're not, realistically. Um, on the other hand, uh, it's, it's also something that you've learned along the way. Um, it, if you can't fix an employee problem, even though you created the problem, even though he wasn't a problem when you hired him, if it's not working out and you can't fix it, you need to move on. And um, uh, have I... I've almost always erred on the side of keeping people too long, hoping I could fix the situation. And almost always those people are much happier uh, finding something else to do um, than being unhappy uh, where you're unhappy with them and they're unhappy with you. So uh, I would say make those decisions quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we say you have to be a quick decision maker. And uh, it, 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 uh, you accidentally touched on one of our policies here at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates is that we, we don't take money to train untrainable people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when, we, when we do a whole company program, if you have someone who's at the bottom of the pile and untrainable, 
Mm-hmm. You can throw them in the classroom with the with the trainables, but don't expect any any positive results. Yeah, teaching cats to bark seldom is uh, worthwhile. The scary part is occasionally you will find the cat who will learn how to bark because some other scenario happened in their life which forces them to change. Uh, sometimes it's a divorce. Uh, we have a, a theory of operation here in, in business that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you want to solve a complex problem, you have to use an equally complex solution to solve it. Perhaps you could give our listeners an example of a complex problem that you confronted and you solved with a complex solution from a theory of operation might be transferred to another business or industry. Well, I think... In my opinion, it's a, it's a little bit uh, different take on it. Um, when you have a real complex problem, you have to break it down into smaller pieces mm-hmm. until you get to the mm-hmm. point where you can solve the smaller pieces. Now, when you integrate a system together of all of that, it frequently becomes, in your words, very complex. Um, but when you really understand what it is you're, you're trying to do, um, I mean, I could pick a thousand different things we've done in Intelligrated, but the, the simple one that I'm going to go back to from earlier in the program, um, you have a company that used to ship full cases. Now they have to ship partial cases, but they can't get people who will stay with them who can accurately pick. So you go in and you implement a light program. Everything's barcoded. It's no longer a pick list where people are crossing off and checking. It's now automatically scanned. You know exactly whether it's a left hand or a right hand of whatever it is. And lights go off and say, this one pick seven, this one pick two, this one pick one. Um, These systems can be implemented very, very quickly. A a voice-directed system or a light-directed system are not that expensive. Now, sure, they're expensive when you put thousands of lights in. Mm -hmm. But we have actually had retailers put small put-to-light systems in the back of stores so that they can ship from the back of a store directly to an Internet customer and take advantage of all the inventory that they have in their stores to compete with Amazon that has all their inventory in big warehouses. Is that what Macy's is doing? Um, I can't speak to exactly what Macy's is doing. But I thought they were shipping from stores. Yes. I mean, I'm sure that they are. That's called omni-channel or distributed order management. Where, which is a lot, we do a lot of that, and Macy's is a customer of ours. Um, but um, we do a lot of work trying to figure out what's the cheapest, most effective, quickest way to deliver products to the end customer uh, that will give them the most fulfilling, I got my product today or in, in one day, um, but cost the retailer the least amount of money to fulfill. Mm-hmm. I guess we have time for a couple more questions. Sure, fire away. Uh, in Intelligrated, mm-hmm. it sounds like you manufacture a lot of the equipment that you sell and install. Do you also buy equipment from other manufacturers to integrate into your own systems? We do. Um, what I would tell you is if you looked at a typical sales dollar in a job, mm-hmm. uh, about 30 cents of that dollar is manufactured by Intelligrated in one of our four factories. Mm-hmm. Um, Somewhere between 5 and 20% is purchased, and really that comes down to whether we're buying the shelving or mezzanines or whether the customer buys them directly themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 50% of the job is services, and those services are largely engineering, software programming, project management, installation, 
uh, and all of those different things. Um, but that's how a typical, um, yes, we do buy things. We don't make barcode readers. We don't make high-speed scanners. We, we buy those. We buy compressors. But you put those but into we, your system. We integrate them. Like as an example, we, we sell a system we call PANDA, which stands for Print and Apply. A box comes into a distribution center, and we print a label on it or a license plate so that that box can be uniquely identified through the system. We do that right as it comes in. Well, somebody else makes the printer that prints the label, but we put it together with conveyor and software and handling so that all they have to do is just slap it off a truck onto a conveyor line, and from that point on, it's handled automatically. Now, do you integrate with uh, customers' ERP systems like SAP? Yes, we integrate. Uh, first off, we have our own warehouse management system, but most companies have the, either their own enterprise system or SAP or Oracle, some of the smaller ones. There's other ones out there, J.D. Mm -hmm. Edwards, et cetera. We will interface to any of those and pretty much at any level. Um, SAP has a warehouse management system. It works well for some customers, but most customers who are focused on warehouse and distribution, theirs is not powerful enough, and then those are the kind of cases where we'll implement our own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh I guess we have time for for one more uh, off-the-wall question. I'll ask you a sales question. Is that okay, Chris? Sure. Uh, let's pretend I wave the magic wand over your head, solve the three biggest sales business development issues that you had there and integrated to grow the company to the next level. What, what three issues would we solve with the magic wand? Well, the biggest three issues would be how I can train all of my people to understand all of the products and service and the software solutions so that we can most adequately explain them to customers accurately and uh, quickly get to shared mutual understanding of how we're going to solve the customer's problem. Mm -hmm. That by far is, you know, we have lots of people who could do that, but sometimes it takes too many of our people at once to provide that solution because one guy's good at this, one guy's good at that, one girl's good at this, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, it would be helping me train people, uh, um, uh, find um, software and engineering people uh, that we can train and build into our system quicker. Um, we're always looking for the best people that we can hire. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, probably third, if I could wave a magic wand, um, this is not meant as a joke, but in our first year we designed the entire product line and software system that we came out with and started shipping the products in the second year. Um, the reason God was able to create the world in seven days was he didn't have an installed base to deal with. Mm -hmm. Today, we have a company with 13 years of installed base, and it takes us much longer to develop things. If I could wave a magic wand on my third problem, it would be get the R&D development done quicker. R&D quicker. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Chris, uh, I want to thank you for... Uh, do you have any final comments? No. Um, thank you very much for uh, inviting me. Uh, this has been a fun opportunity to talk about uh, a fabulously quickly growing company here in Southwest Ohio, which I think is a great place to do business. Sounds like it's going to be growing at an accelerating rate. Uh, I'm going to be giving you here a copy of the uh, one of the Sandler books called The 49 Sandler Rules uh, by Dave Matson. That book came out about uh, three, two and a half or three years ago, immediately jumped to the number one position on Amazon in the category for uh, business and sales books. And uh, I've included in that book a copy of our training calendar, 
a million dollars and a free training press, you can bring your VP of sales to one of our uh, training classes as my guest. Uh, thanks again for uh, being with us. And Scott? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.